Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are two market girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how I run our blog, and our favorite food content. Now, this is a very special episode because you're not stuck with just me and Catherine. <laughs> we actually have a guest, and not just any guest, we have a returning guest. Yeah, for the first time, a returning guest. Yeah. I'm the first one. Yeah. I know, big deal, <laughs> but no pressure. <laughs> We're joined by Tori Halpin, and she's going to talk with us about vegan parenting. So on her Instagram, she shares research-based parenting tips and glimpses into her life as she's raising two adorable vegan children. So cute. And actually, last time Tori was on the show, she was pregnant with her first son, Owen. And since then, it's been so long that she now has a second son named Cam. (laughs) (laughs) So Tori, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It was so long ago that I keep thinking that I've been on since Owen was born, but no, I just have two now. (laughs) Yeah, because we had like talked about having you back on after Owen was born and then, you know, the world just collapsed. Yeah, and I feel like I have just because like we chat on Instagram and stuff. I'm like, oh, they already know that. And I'm like, oh, wait, I haven't actually been (laughs) back on. And now here we are with Cam. (laughs) Yeah. So why don't we start off, do you want to share a little bit about how you started your Instagram and your platform and how it's progressed to what it is today? Because it's it's been quite a journey. Yeah, it's been a real journey. And it's definitely taken a shift and a change over the past, I don't know, like six or seven years. <laughs> so sometimes I feel bad people have been following me from the beginning. And now it's like, <laughs> oh, now we're a parenting account. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, so it started, I went to teacher's college. I, my whole degree is in child and youth studies. I was a teacher, realized I didn't want to be a teacher anymore after my whole life working with children, daycares, all of that. And I was working at summer day camp and I met with someone and she was like, why don't you just start an Instagram account about something you're passionate about? And I was like, oh my God, what? I went vegan last month. I guess this is it. (laughs) So I started a vegan Instagram account. I didn't tell my husband until I had more followers than on my personal page, which is so (laughs) weird. But I was like embarrassed of it. And I'd be so embarrassed if any, I only had like a couple hundred followers, but if someone from like day camp found it, I would be so embarrassed about it. Like I literally only did it because this person told me like, find out what you're interested in. And I was like, I have no hobbies. (laughs) So I started it and I would sort of like share my favorite recipes that I was cooking, not developing, but just my favorite recipes I was cooking, different restaurants in Toronto I like to go to. Um, Eventually, I just sort of started talking about myself as well. So I like merged my personal and Instagram account at the same time. Um, And then it was just vegan food for a long time Um, up until, I mean, when I spoke to you guys the first time when I was pregnant with Owen it was still like mostly a vegan food account, just like a little bit lifestyle me, but mostly food, what I was eating, that kind of stuff. And then Owen was born and then who can resist filming a toddler? I mean, (laughs) at that point. (laughs) So it just became more of that kind of stuff. Um, And then he was eating. So it was sort of like parenting and eating and that sort of stuff. And then it was November of last year, so 2021, where I just sort of, got so into talking about how I was raising Owen and parenting and stuff that sort of I thought this is just how I'm raising him like this is just our life but it just sort of people would be asking questions and I'd be like oh like this is what we're doing and then it just sort of like progressed from there and now it's just a straight up parenting account (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
but it's sort of, I don't know, it's sort of been perfect because when I left my job, I ended up going into marketing and social media and then doing my Instagram just on the side, very casual, very low key. Um, but it sort of merged them both together. And so as I'm researching about my reels and my Instagram, I'm using so much of this research. So I'll be like, oh, I learned about that child development, like back in university, like it's all sort of coming back together. And it sort of weirdly come full circle into this meeting of like marketing Instagram and like all of my child development background and then here we are together <laughs> and now it's like 90% parenting and like I mean we talk about we'll talk about this later but like what they're eating and things like that and I'll share some meals and everything but like veganism is not a big part of my account it's just sort of like our core values yeah. in a way so yeah now we're just a parenting account <laughs> <laughs> But I think that progression was really good because you also built up your confidence in sharing your message and setting your boundaries too and how you interact with people online so that by the time it did become what it is today, you were like fully versed in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's ex- and I was like ready to, I mean, I look back at some of my old highlights and I'm like, why did I film that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> who was watching that much? Me and my husband go back and like, there was like, I'm not getting a 50 slide thing of him making this disgusting burrito. Like, so <laughs> bad. And he's just, like cooking with Brayden, like trying to be hilarious. And I'm like, why did I record 50 slides of you? Like that is not okay. Who was watching that? But it gave me the, I mean, if I can post that, I can post anything. So it like, gave me the confidence <laughs> to like keep sharing. I love that. Learning from a bad burrito. <laughs> I'm not a parent, but I love your Instagram yeah. account. Like I literally, I find myself, I'm like, oh, I should bookmark that for when I become a parent one day. It's like her I entire find, account. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Half the comments I got are like, oh, this is so great. Like, I'll try this with my toddler. And then literally half of it is like, I don't know how I started following you, but like, I'm really glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, there's something just so like interesting learning about parenting and parenting from other people and all that kind of stuff. And also like, it helps that Cam and Owen are the cutest kids ever. <laughs> They're just so adorable. Thank you. Um, so you knew for a long time that you'd be raising your kids vegan because you've been vegan a long time. Um, so did you do anything to prepare yourself for veganism when it comes to babies and toddlers? So yes and no. You're right that we just knew that they would be vegan. It was never a discussion in our house. My husband and I have both been vegan for seven years, I think. So it was about five years when the boys were born. And as you two know, veganism isn't like, we're not like, oh, we're going to raise them keto. You know what I mean? Like veganism who we are, it's our core values. So it was never a discussion. So in that sense, we knew they would always be vegan. Um, and in that sense, we didn't really prepare for it because in looking back on it, I'm sure we'll touch on this later, I should have a bit more. Um, but we just thought they'll be vegan. Like, this is it, this is easy. Um, a challenge that came up right away was that there is no, I had trouble breastfeeding and there's no readily available vegan liquid infant formula that's available in Canada. And it's recommended, you can, but it is recommended that you start with liquid formula first. And so we did dairy formula to start with, and that's okay. And I want everyone to know that that is okay. Like, however you need to feed your baby, that is it. And both my boys started on dairy formula until they were about three months old, and then we switched. But however you need to feed your baby, like, as we know, as nice vegans, the three of us are, (laughs) um, you know, (laughs) um, your health comes first and your kids eating comes first. So that was one of the first things where we were like, oh, like didn't really expect um, that sort of curveball, I guess you would say. And then, but ever since then, it's, they've been vegan. It's been easy. And I don't regret that at all. And 
turning into therapy. It's been great. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love that you brought up the fact that, you know, they did have to be on dairy formula for the first little bit, because I think when a lot of people think about being vegan or especially having vegan kids, you just get stuck in this idea of it has to be all or nothing. It has to be perfect or nothing. Exactly. And it was with my second, as any mom will tell you, any parent, like with your second, you're just more a lot confident in what you're doing. But with the first one, I'm glad we were, he was, he just was not gaining enough breast milk. We were literally in the hospital and they were like, we need to get some formula right now. And I didn't even think twice about it. It was just like, sure, give it to him. Like you have to. And I'm glad I wasn't like, well, is it vegan? I want him to be vegan. Like he needs to eat. So that's what he ate. And we just, you're like, your health comes first. Yeah. This kind of leads into something we wanted to discuss next, which is just like three important things that anybody who's thinking about maybe raising their kids vegan, what are three things they should know pretty much right away? I mean, I guess no matter what the kid is, either right from birth or if maybe you have a kid that you want to introduce a plant-based diet, what are some helpful places to start? Well, first, you should know that the World Health Organization, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the, oh, God, I'm blanking, whatever the Canadian one is called, they all support a vegan diet, a well-planned vegan diet. Um, Those are the key words, which is my second point, a well-planned vegan diet. And of course, any diet should be well-planned, but I wasn't really prepared for just knowing more about it. I feel like when adults, when we're vegan, in the vegan community, we hear, you can get nutrients from anything. You can get protein from anything. You can get calcium from anything. Um, but I wasn't really prepared. And I'm glad I am now. I would really recommend it's this book called The Vegan and Baby Toddler by Plant-Based Juniors. They're actually a great Instagram account. So they talk more so about what should be on your kid's plate, like different components. Um, I think when you're raised with a typical diet, it's like meat, potatoes, vegetables, right? And when you go vegan, sometimes you just remove the meat and you add more vegetables, more carbs, whatever. And so they have like a whole new model where it's like legumes, grains, things like that. So it's just a new way to frame, to think about it, just because they can totally get all the nutrients. But if you're not used to feeding them that way, and I think as an adult, it doesn't matter that much because like I've done all my developmental growing and all of that. But with kids, it does matter a little bit more. And not that it's hard, but just it's a change of shift in thinking. So like, I think if when, if my boys have kids, they won't need to think about that because they'll know what their plates look like, if that makes sense. So that was sort of a mental shift for me. It was, oh, I do actually need to think a bit more. It's not like, oh, you're vegan, you're fine. You know, (laughs) you can be, but you just have to think a little bit more about it. Yeah, I think that's such a good point too, because I feel like, I honestly, I, I think I've, we've talked about this before, Devin and I, I think even for adults, if you're going vegan, you need to think about what you're eating because it is such a change in what you're used to. And like, you have to kind of relearn a lot of things and relearn where protein is found. It's not just in meat. So I feel like that's such an important thing that anyone can take away from this. If you're trying to raise a child vegan, or if you're 25 and going <laughs> vegan for the first time. Well, even I didn't even know when I was going through, again, this I should get like sponsored for this book, but it really is so <laughs> educational. And they're like, your kid, they're talking about different multivitamins and how you need DHA for brain growth, which normally you would get from fish. And like even adults should be taking it. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll start. You know, like I, I didn't really do, I, I've learned now, I eat pretty healthy, I eat very healthy, but I didn't 
do enough of the research I'm learning now when I was going into veganism where it, it all worked out and it's all great and vegan foods are great and healthy and everything. Um, but there was definitely learning that isn't instilled in you from a young age like it is if you're eating regular meat and dairy and all that. Yeah. And you do also bring up a good point in that when your kids are older and if they have children of their own, it's something that they've already learned. Like that's how they were raised. They understand that protein is found in different things or vitamin D is found in different things and all that kind of stuff. So it's just all about the way I guess you teach your children and educate them on food. Exactly. And like, what what does a typical plate look like in your house? Like a Mexican veggie burrito. That's awesome. That covers everything. And that's, it's not like it has to be hard or difficult. It's just like a little shift to be like, oh, I should add beans to this meal. And then I'll get so many more vitamins and nutrients where you might not think that before you go vegan. You just think remove the meat, but what are you adding instead? Yeah. So this is actually, I think, a good segue into uh, the next question as well. Your boys are both still very young. Are they, Owen's just past two now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're both still very young. They haven't gotten to school age yet or like birthday party age yet with friends and things like that. Have you started to think about how you address the dynamic of vegan parenting when it comes to going to school or going to non-vegan households or events like a birthday party? I think about this all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I'm like, oh, easy peasy. And sometimes I'm like, oh my God, what is going to (laughs) happen? So I, yes, I've thought about it a lot. And here's what I think. Um, I follow on Instagram, two people who have really sort of changed my thinking on this a little bit where they, they're like, they're vegan, you know, um, Aaron Ireland, and then Toronto vegan mom, they both have vegan kids, they're both like very in the vegan world and everything. And they raised a good point where they don't want their kids to resent being vegan. So, and to think about it more in the long game. So sure, they're going to do things like call ahead, ask the parent what the other kids are eating, make something similar enough so they can share. That's always like the number one goal, of course. But if all the other kids are eating cake and it's like, oh, you're not allowed, are they going to resent being vegan? Would you rather them have one bite of the cake? Still talk about like the core values of veganism at home. They can decide if they want it again next time. And that's probably better in the long term. Then in the short term, be like, you're not allowed to have it. And then them sneaking it or resenting you or feeling like they're different. So I thought that was really interesting because my before, I think I probably said on your podcast last time, it was like, bring something similar, um, have your own thing. But I don't know, like now that I have my own kids, I'm like, I don't, I don't want you to feel left out. And it's not, I'm not going to push it like, oh, go eat this cake. It's totally fine. But if he's asking for it at a certain age, when you can start to understand it, I don't know, like I'm sort of thinking about both ways now. Because I don't want him to resent our family being vegan. I want him to do it because he wants to do it. Yeah. And I feel like that also leads so much into one of like my favorite things that you talk about so consistently on your platform is just like treating food as neutral, right? And creating this neutral feeling around it. And if you were to make them have to really stick to it when they were with friends, there could be like that guilt that can be associated with food and like all those kind of negative feelings that you are actively making sure are not introduced to them. So I feel like that just leads right into creating that neutral space. And like, can you talk about how you've done that and advice for people to do that? Because you can start doing that at any age. You've done it like right from the start and like every step of the way, you're very conscious of it. Right, right from six months. And this isn't even a vegan thing in general, but you're right, it does tie into that. I didn't think about that. Like the more you set 
whatever it is, like this cake with dairy in it as off limits, are they just going to so hyper-focus on it and like they really, really want it? Where if it's like, well, it does have animal products in it, you can, you can try it if you want to, it's up to you, or you can have this and no guilt surrounding it. They're allowed to have a bite and then maybe you go home and you read some more books on it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, food is neutral. Love it so much. And this has been one of the things that has actually really helped me in my own journey. Because <laughs> I think we all sort of don't see food as neutral and we should like guilty when you have a slice of chocolate cake or I know for me like if I have chocolate in the house I'll just want to eat it all just so that it's gone like I don't have that like (laughs) so yeah food is neutral we do it from six months old and again not a vegan thing but just sort of how we view food um twofold the first one is that there's no moral value ascribed to if he eats the food or not he's not a good boy if he eats the eats the food he's not bad if he doesn't and um, he's not doing it to be told he's good. He's learning to rely on his, his own hunger cues, learning what his body needs. Um, that's not to say that he gets to decide what he eats every day. Like some people, like, just yeah. eat, like tofu nuggets all day. Like, just no. give him so, free reign. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Parent provides, child decides. So I provide a variety of nutritious foods every day at set times, meals and snacks. And he decides if he wants to eat it or not. And I, of course, take what he likes into consideration. I make sure there's like one food on the plate that he likes. So tonight we had like butternut squash, mac and cheese, peas. I don't know what else we had. Broccoli, two vegetables. There you go. <laughs> um, I know that he loves broccoli, right? So that would be like a food that he likes. And the rest, you can sort of like branch out, see if he wants to try it. Um, and he's not getting praised if he eats it. And if he doesn't eat it, that's fine. Like he'll have a next meal soon or in the morning, whatever. Um, and then the other thing, which is, the part that's helped me a lot is that food is not good or bad. So a lot of the ways that we talk about food, right, where it's like, eat your broccoli, and then you can have a cookie. That's teaching them that cookies are better than broccoli. And that's not true. Like broccoli is just something to get through in order to get to the dessert. Um, or, oh, I got you something really special. It's ice cream. Well, oh, ice cream must be awesome. Like they don't talk about my other foods like that. Like what is so great about this? So what we do is we actually give um, dessert like in different ways. So sometimes I will give him like shepherd's pie, broccoli, and like three chocolate chips, just so that it is not on a pedestal for him. And it actually really helps me as well. <laughs> yeah. And it's not every night and it's not every time. Sometimes we have dessert after dinner. Sometimes we have dessert a little bit, not so much that he's going to fill up on it with dinner. Sometimes we don't have dessert at all. And it just keeps it all like, very neutral and what does your body need what do you feel like and he'll eat like one chocolate chip eats the sandwich eat the rest of the chocolate chips like he'll just like move around within the food and then it's not like this reward at the end of the meal it's just another component of it and it's I mean it's really great I really like doing it this way yeah I love that so much because like as all three of us are children of the 90s and I feel like the 90s and early 2000s was like prime diet culture like food shaming and so like I love your account for this so much I I feel like it's helped me too even though you're talking about it like raising your two-year-old I'm like no I'm gonna take this advice for myself as a 28 year old person (laughs) me too like it's true like we have this And even just going back to like, he does. So what if he is not hungry? You know, like, why are we forcing him to eat and not listen to his body? Sometimes I'm not hungry at dinner. What if someone just forced you to eat everything that you're going to eat? And it's just, you're taught, my dad was raised 
my dad's pretty old. He's like an older dad. So he's like in his late sixties now. And he has to eat every single thing on his plate. Even when he is so full, doesn't want any more, he'll feel sick after. Cause he was raised to finish everything on your plate. Like you don't know when the next meal is coming kind of thing. And he just doesn't have a good, he can't be on his plate, you know, rather than listening to your body, listening to your body cues. So I like that we can instill this in Owen from a very young age. And you're right. It's helping me too. <laughs> And like, I never thought I would relate to a toddler so much, like <laughs> yeah. just how excited he gets about all these different foods, just like as you're, especially when you guys are cooking dinner together and he's like eating the ingredients as you're cooking. So I'm like, yes, Owen, that's how when we all are. he's just grabbing are. like yeah. fistfuls of shredded <laughs> vegan cheese. I'm just like, yes. The spoonfuls <laughs> of nutritional yeast. Oh, oh my god, you're a vegan toddler. <laughs> yeah, <so> gross. <laughs> Textbook vegan child. Honestly, my impressive. mom always messages. Yeah, she messages me after being like, "That is disgusting." And I'm like, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm so intrigued by Owen's palate, and I feel like he's got such a wide palate, which is like evident and like a praise to like how you've been able to shape his view around food but like yeah when he takes some like sometimes like spoonfuls of nutritional yeast I'm like that like I know food is neutral but that can't taste good though they're like try some try some and I'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) if you want to um but he does eat everything and research actually does show that the more you force a child to eat, even just one bite, they're actually more likely to be picky eaters. So I know in my house, or in my house, I was forced to eat all my food, but in some houses, it's like, <laughs> try one bite, you know, even just trying one bite, it's actually likely that they'll be more picky eaters rather than giving them the confidence to explore and decide what their body wants right from a young age. So we do this even with my eight month old when he was six months old, same with Owen when he was that age, we put his food in front of him. He gets to decide what he eats, what tastes good, what feels good to his body at that point. And again, it's not junk. Like I'm serving them nutritious foods and they get to decide what they eat. And if they don't want it, that's fine. Then like, this is the meal. You get your next snack at three o'clock. Like, you know, when the next meal is coming and that's up to you. Listen to your body. I feel like I need this in my life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I love that you just related it to being confident in that decision and in how your body is feeling about the food. Like, when do we ever use the word confidence when we're talking about our food choices? And it goes so much of the stuff sort of goes back. Like, this goes right into consent, right? Like, you are deciding what feels good in your body right now rather than I'm eating my peas because it's going to make my mom happy. Who cares if it makes your mom happy? Do you want to eat peas right now? Does it feel good for your body right now? Um, Is it something that you enjoy eating? And sometimes, I mean, I guess my whole approach with everything parenting is that kids are capable and we can respect them. And of course, there's different boundaries for kids than adults. Like adults can just pick what they want to have for dinner. I'm going to give him a set meal and he can decide what he wants. Like it's restricted boundaries. But just believing that kids are capable, and they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked about previously in the podcast how you had to kind of plan out a little bit more because babies need certain things in order to develop, their brain's developing, their bodies are growing. So do you use anything to keep track of your kids' nutritional requirements, like any resources, apps, anything like that that you think would be helpful to other people who want to make sure their kids are getting what they need? 
So I don't. And if you, I think, are a parent of a toddler, you will understand why. Because you sort of <laughs> eat what they want and you can't really. <laughs> like when I'm doing it for myself, when I was telling you guys before when I was pregnant, there was this app called Chronometer, which is awesome. You can log in exactly what you're eating. You're going to have half a cup of rice and like whatever it is. I mean, I just give him the plate and he decides what he wants to eat. He has seconds, thirds, whatever. So I feel like that's a bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> but I do refer back to, I'm going to look at the title since I'm going to talk about it so much, the plant-based baby and toddler. Um, it's sort of, it's like an, the whole thing is a nutrition book. And then there's like a small section of recipes. And so every so often, like maybe every three months or so, I'll just sort of like give it another look over to see, oh, this is what he should be eating. Um, I learned the, not the other day, but a while ago on their Instagram account, like they give their kids a cup of soy milk every day just to make sure they're good for calcium and vitamin D. And I was like, oh, never thought of that, you know? But I think when you're raised, um, how we were raised, I'm assuming you two weren't raised vegan. (laughs) Your parents would like give you a glass of milk, right? So it's like the same sort of thing, but no one tells us like, oh, give your kid a glass of soy milk every day, (laughs) you know? So I'll sort of refer back to this nutrition book every once in a while, just to be like, okay, are we on the right track with everything? Do I need to like, do it. He's also on a multivitamin, which every kid should be, not just because he's vegan, but I think we're all on multivitamins, just as like more of an insurance policy to make sure he has everything. Yeah, but you're right. It it would be so difficult, but it's good that you still have even just the references just to be like, okay, well, this is what was in the recipes and stuff at the back. How does it compare to a lot of the recipes I tend to use? Even as like a starting point, and they also, oh man, this is turning into a real plug for them. But they really are so great. <laughs> if you are a parent um, of a vegan kid, they're called plant-based juniors on Instagram. And they'll post like, this is what my toddler ate in a week. So it'd be like a week of meals. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Or like, oh, I wouldn't have thought just to add like a side of mashed beans. Or I wouldn't have thought to just, just different ways that you can get the nutrition in that again, we just aren't used to. Honestly, I think um, to the point where you said they post like what what their kids eat in a week. And I think that's such a better way of looking at food as, instead of a per meal basis where you're like, oh, my kid didn't get protein in this meal. Well, that's okay. They'll probably get protein in the next meal. And they'll probably make up for it here because, you know, maybe Owen's going to eat a plate full of tofu for one meal and then no tofu the next meal, right? So like, I love that looking at it in a more grander scope rather than micro, let's look at exactly what he's eating at every second of the day to make sure it's balanced. And I'll try to do, so if he, he typically has like three meals and two snacks every day. So I'll make sure we call it a safe food. So that's a food that he's going to eat like 99.9% of the time. I always make sure that each meal has a safe food. So he always has something to sort of go back to as he's exploring the other food. Um, but I will vary what it is. So maybe it's tofu for one meal, avocado for the next meal, bread for the next meal, whatever it is. So it's, he's not getting like fat, fat, fat all day or protein, protein, protein. I'll vary it. And it's, I mean, it's true for all toddlers, like toddlers will eat like football players for like three days in a row <laughs> and then they'll eat like nothing. And you're like, what? <laughs> like today he had, I'm not kidding. He had six helpings of macaroni and cheese. And <laughs> for lunch, he had like two pieces of broccoli. I'm like, okay, it'll even out. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I remember at one point when he was younger, he ate like three slices of pizza, like full slices yes. of pizza. And I was like, How, where does this kid put it? <laughs> he wasn't even one yet. I was like, what are you doing? And Cam seems to be the same way. Like when Owen was younger now that he's a toddler is developing his own sort of like I like this I don't like this kind of thing but Cam is the same now like he's I don't think he's ever been full we just run out of time we run out of food (laughs) we're done the most relatable children (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
They'd be like, what doesn't he like? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I also feel like you've just kind of learned that as you go too. even like your intuition when it comes to what to give your kids and like spacing out the protein versus the fats and versus like what to worry about, what not to worry about. Like that's all things that you have to learn yourself and that just gut feeling about it. And that's sort of like the nice thing about, it's going to sound so stupid, but like kids growing up, like in stages where you don't need to worry about this yet. Like right first they're born and like your whole world is like thrown upside down. You're like, how do I do this? How do, it's just a mess. <laughs> but it's fine because they're just on like bottles or breastfeeding. You don't need to worry about it. And then things stabilize and then they start food. But then it's like their can's age. So they're like six months old, eight months old. And it doesn't really matter like you're trying to expose them to eating different things new flavors picking things up using different grass getting a bit of nutrients but you know that they still their main source of nutrients is still like their bottle or their breast milk so it's sort of like you don't go from nothing and they're like oh you need all your nutrients right away how am I going to get it it sort of prepares you and a parent as a parent like in stages which is nice yeah Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like stages but it is stages you know yeah exactly And something we've kind of talked about already with as far as like the boys going to friends' houses and something that Kat and I talk a lot about because we don't have vegan family members, like we're the only vegans in our families. Um, So how does that dynamic with like you guys are all vegan, but your family isn't 100% vegan or not all of them are vegan. So how does that affect food choices when you guys are having family dinners or things like that? So luckily – he hasn't noticed yet. So we will get into this <laughs> later, but he hasn't noticed yet. So me, my husband, my two boys are vegan. And then also one of my siblings is vegan. Um, my other two, there's four of us. So my other two siblings and my parents are not vegan and like never will be. <laughs> kind of. <thing. laughs> so when and we do, we're very close with my family. We live four minutes away from them. So we, I mean, given the pandemic, whatever, we go over quite often for dinner. And pretty much just how it's worked so far is like we sit at one side of the table, they sit at the other, and we're eating similar things. Like my mom will make, I mean, it helps when you have family member that family members that are accommodating definitely helps. So my mom will make like a chili for everyone and then just add in like ground, I don't know, what do you add in chili? Ground beef? <laughs> I've been being <laughs> for vegan so long. So <laughs> <laughs> add in some sort of animal product to theirs and not ours and so make sure the buns are all vegan so those are shared we'll put the vegan butter down on our side kind of thing so that's definitely helpful to have family that sort of like gets it or I mean it hasn't happened hasn't that happened yet sometimes yeah sometimes he'll find something in the cupboard and I'll just like oh that's not for us or we're not having this right now but would you like an oreo or would you like something similar so always having those sorts of things I think we haven't actually done a big like extended family Thanksgiving like with grandparents aunts uncles and cousins so that will be a bit trickier. Um, but I think sort of same things, like make sure he's sitting around people who are eating what he is eating. Because at this point, he's too young to understand, right? Like when he's five or six, we can be like, we don't eat animal products. They do eat animal products. Um, but right now it's like, eat that. <laughs> Why can't I eat that? Like you're eating that. Um, so I think at this age, it's more so like surround him with us and make sure the food looks similar, bring his favorite foods, um, things like that. I really like that tip of foods, similar foods, the idea of having like a veggie chili and a meat chili. So you can't even like, as a two year old, you would never be able to tell that they're having something different at all anyways. Yeah, exactly. Um, So we actually kind of talked about this earlier in the podcast as well. But has raising vegan kids changed the way you look at food or veganism at all? 
It has in the sense of, I'm not sure how to phrase this part. Okay, so we know that we are surrounded by non, non, not vegans, right? They eat meat, they eat animal products. I'm still struggling a bit with how do I explain to my child that those people eat animals and they're still good people. oh oh, yeah you get what I mean a little bit like we don't need animals like what do you say like we don't need animals because like they're living we love them yes yeah my grandma eats animals (laughs) (laughs) yeah that I I couldn't even actually I never even thought of that that would be so hard to be like you're talking about the moral and ethical reasons that you don't eat meat but then you have to tell them that their grandpa and grandma Exactly. That. <laughs> and yeah. grandma and grandpa are awesome. Yeah. But they eat animals, but we don't. And I don't know. I'm not looking forward to that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have me back on later and I'll tell you how I handled that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, back to your original question. Has it changed how I view veganism? It has in the sense where I didn't. And I think I can only really ad- admit this to myself. No, I don't think I did enough research going into it. Because in the vegan community, like, eat this, you'll be fine. It's vegan. Like, vegans are great. Vegans are awesome. Eat all this vegan food. Um, But it is just a shift from the typical plate that we are given. And it is only when I started feeding my kids this way, because I care more about their health than my own, apparently, (laughs) (laughs) that I realized, like, oh, I should have looked a bit more into this. And there are certain very easy foods that I can add to things, like Owen's favorite nutritional yeast. It's so high in so many things. You can, you can add that to, I mean, Owen would say you could add that to anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you could add that to a lot of things that maybe I didn't think of before. So things like that, where, I don't know, I feel like when you're in the vegan community, it's like, vegan's so great. And it is, it is great. And you can get everything that you need, but it does have to be well-planned. And I think that aspect is left out a lot of the times. And on that note, I think every diet should be well-planned, right? Like I sort of think we're in a better situation because- meat eaters because it is the cultural norm you don't think about it too much because you're like my kid has their meat they have their vegetables they have their starch I'm good to go but when you're not you're like oh I want to make sure they're getting everything and you sort of think about it even more so that's kind of I feel like I think about that a lot too when non-vegans approach you and like well how do you know if you're getting this and this and I'm like do you know if you're getting this and this (laughs) where are you getting your b12 from you have no idea yeah And you mentioned some of the surprises about raising vegan kids already, but I'm wondering if there's any that, as far as maybe people's reactions to you raising vegan kids, like, has that been a surprising part of parenting vegan kids? So, again, I feel like I'm in a little bit of a bubble right now because, first of all, Owen's young, but second of all, the pandemic. So, he hasn't gone to daycare. He hasn't seen anybody. You know what I mean? I'm in a bubble. (laughs) So the only people that question me on it are trolls on the internet and they have no trouble questioning me on it. But I think it goes back to people just want the, even trolls, they just want the best for your children, you know, even if they say it's the nicest. So if they think that they're going to be malnourished, okay, well, why? Why do they need me? Oh, because they need this or that vitamin, whatever. Oh, you can actually get that from this or that. You know what I mean? So I think it's just going back to what is the actual concern? And no, this is actually how my kid gets it. I love that so much. And I've actually noticed that um, because you get 
some of the comments you get, I can't even handle. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know how you manage this. Um, and not even just pertaining to veganism, but anything. I feel like oh my God, um, it makes sense in that in the sense that people have a lot of opinions about parenting because it's such an important thing, right? So it makes sense why people have opinions and why they have strong opinions about it. But like, I love the way you approach comments like that, that are come off as very angry, but you approach them from like an educational point of view being like, oh, why do you think that way? How can I help you understand that both ways can be correct or there isn't just one correct way to do things? Or just because it is correct doesn't mean it is true for your family. I found like there's a lot of research, I mean, very good, very strong research saying not to give your kids um, sugar before two, like processed sugar. I give my kids sugar before age two. It doesn't mean the research is false. It just means that's not important to me. Yeah. Right. Like I've made that choice for my family. And I think parenting in general, I've found is it seems like you're judging people if you do it differently. Like, oh, you do it that way. That must mean you're, you hate that I do it this way. No, this is what I do. And this is why do what you want. Like we all have different, we all have different families, not the same, the same thing doesn't work for every single family and that's okay. Yeah. And I think even just for like people, like in general, not just parenting in general, everybody has different tastes. Everybody has different preferences. Everybody has different personalities and they're going to respond to things differently. And the same goes for parenting. One kid isn't going to necessarily respond to this thing. Another kid does. And not everything is as important to you. (laughs) And I mean, that in a way, like some people, we didn't show TV until Owen was two. That was important to us. Some people that's not important for them. Does that mean they're a bad parent? Not at all. Who cares? Like, I'm your kids are great. Our kids are great, but that was a priority in our family. Again, you'll never see me make a reel on no sugar before two because they've both had sugar before one. Like that, <laughs> but it doesn't make it not true. It just means it wasn't important for our family. Like we know broccoli is healthier than chocolate cake. Am I gonna eat chocolate cake? Of course, because it works for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make it not true that broccoli is healthier than chocolate cake. I just don't care. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so what has been the most difficult thing to navigate when raising your kids vegan? And maybe, like you said, I feel like maybe it might not be an easy question because, like you said, you're kind of in this bubble, like this weird s- situation that I feel like not many families have ever been in before because both of your kids were raised through a pandemic where social distancing and isolation. So um, what has been the most difficult thing for you to navigate through raising two children vegan through this weird time that we're living in? <laughs> you are right. I feel like I'm not there yet. Like I feel like right now it's just been so easy because me and my husband have both been vegan for so long. We're ourselves in a bubble. We've been vegan for long enough where one of my siblings is vegan. My mom knows how to like do it for us. And she's so kind and she'll like drop off vegan muffins for us and things like that. But I think that'll be the hardest. Like when we are not just us anymore, even if he was in, because even in daycare, like we checked out a bunch of daycares before I got pregnant again. It was just on Matt leave again, being home with him, making sure they had a vegan menu for him. And it was all great and everything. But all of his friends are going to be eating something and he's eating something different. Like that's a whole new set of challenges that we're going to have to go through later and totally doable, of course. And one of my siblings didn't know until grade 12 that someone in their class was vegan who was in their school all along since grade one. And I thought, how cool is that? Like, it didn't even matter. No one knew. You just bring like your, I don't know, veggie turkey sandwich for lunch. Like it wasn't an issue. And I really hope it's like that for my kids. And I think I spoke about this last time. Like it sounds bad, but I'm 
there are so many allergies these days. Every yeah, kid, goodness, yeah. every kid has something, right? Like this kid can't have peanut butter. This kid can't have hummus for the sesame seeds. Oh, Owen can't have dairy and meat. Like, I feel like everyone sort of has something. So it, I, w- I hope it'll make it a bit easier for Owen when he's that age. So yeah, the, the hardest thing would just be sort of reframing nutrients. But even that, like the nutrients are all there. It's just more my mental energy going towards that and realizing like, oh, this is how I can shift a meal a little bit for you. I was going to say one of my favorite Owen things about him being like a <laughs> pandemic baby is that you can tell one of his closest friends for a long time was a cat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because of how he interacts when he sees other kids, the rare times he does. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> he met, yeah. So we have two cats and they are well, he's best friends with one of them. The other one has never been alone in the same room with him, but he's best friends with one of the cats, best friends. And so, yeah, we had one boy come over, like when the pandemic was like lightening up a bit last summer <laughs> and he was eight months old. And well, first of all, he cried for the first like half an hour. And I was like, oh, you poor baby. But then he, pet- <laughs> then he kept petting him. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Good thing I'm pregnant. You're getting a sibling soon. So you can see how to interact with children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's fine but if anyone is listening to this and is in the same thing I was actually just reading a lot of really great research people who have been scared that like my kid hasn't had the socialization things like that the thing that actually matters the most at this age is the bonds that they are making with their caregivers that is the strongest thing developmentally that's happening right now and the social skills I mean he's learning social skills every day with us and the cat yeah Um, but the bond between the child and their caregivers is actually like should be the prime focus right now anyways so we don't need to worry everyone will be okay (laughs) I love that that cat story just led to some really great research (laughs) but kind of like changing gears just end on a note that's just about you and not necessarily about you as a parent or your kids we like to talk about vegan food that we're either really enjoying right now or maybe something that we are looking forward to enjoying in the vegan world is there a product or a vegan version of something that you're like yes when is this coming our way or has something like really impressed you lately okay so I had two but now I just have one because of you guys Oh, so oh. the first one has been my thing for seven years. Like, and I don't care. People say, oh, this kind of tastes like it. No, it doesn't. There is not a good <laughs> substitute for vegan mini eggs. I'm sorry. There's just not. Oh, and yeah. not vegan yeah. cream eggs, not like vegan Smarties. Mini eggs have a distinct coating and that just hasn't been invented yet. And it will. <laughs> I'm sure of it. But <laughs> it has. We'll not. get there. <laughs> the other thing is vegan Kit Kats. But your recipe, you guys. Oh my God, if you can even call it a recipe, it's like a cookie yeah, it's like, chocolate. It is so freaking good. It's honestly such a game changer, that recipe. Like it's so easy to make. And I'm like, wow, this this is just a Kit Kat. I read your recipe, again, recipe in quotes. And I was like, wow, am I stupid? <laughs> like, how did I not think of this? <laughs> it's like what you will need, a wafer cookie and chocolate. And I'm like, oh, right, duh. <laughs> it's so good. So thank you. That's like one of those things where you're wandering down the aisle or just like looking at food like, what can I do? Is this accidentally vegan? These wafers are vegan. If I cover them in chocolate, do they become a Kit Kat? (laughs) I think they do. Yeah, I need to know. (laughs) They're so good. So thank you, you guys. You've covered that one at least. So now if you can invent mini mini eggs, we'll be good. Oh, no problem. I'm sure. (laughs) We're on it. Yes. If you don't follow Tori already, I feel even if you're not a parent, I feel like you need to follow Tori just because, like I said, 
if you're having a bad day, Owen will cheer you up. <laughs> Owen and Cam, they're the happiest little babies. They're so cute. They're so funny. And the joy that Owen gets around food is just so heartwarming. And I just, I love it so much. It makes me so happy following your account, Tori. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I gotta say the cooking together, I, I just love it. When he's like chopping up the tofu or the mushrooms or whatever, he's just going to work at it. Like, And he's getting so confident too. Like I'm so yes. impressed by him all the time. He is. And we do um, a live cooking dinner together about like once a week. And it's just so fun to do together. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, so we are going to leave Tori's handle in the show notes and we will link to the resources that she's mentioned throughout the episode so that you can go check them out. And again, highly recommend following her because it's just always a fun time with the four of you. I mean, all of your outdoor <laughs> adventures, your cooking, everything. So go, go, go give her a follow. And thank you so much for joining us for this episode, Tori. Thank you so much. I can't wait to do another one when they are like school age. Yeah, I know. It's a new challenge. So different. It- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was like the actual juicy episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good cliffhanger. Yeah, subscribe so you don't miss part three. Cliffhanger <laughs> for like five years from now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you then. <laughs> and as usual, you can find us at Two Market Girls on all the socials, Two Market Girls on YouTube, and twomarketgirls.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.